You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final Talking About podcast of 2022. I am Sean Kennedy. With me on the line is Dave Early. We're discussing Friday night's 127-116 defeat for the Philadelphia 76ers at the hands of the New Orleans Pelicans. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Uh, Other than the game, I'm doing well. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, I I guess I'm in the same boat. Pretty just like uninspired effort from the Sixers. Joel Embiid was excellent. 37 points, 14-22 from the field, 8 boards, 5 assists. Uh, James Harden did some good things. He had 20 points on a very efficient shooting night, 10 assists. Also had seven turnovers, which were super bizarre, that he just seemed to be throwing it to the other team. Um, But yeah, other than that, not a lot of positive contributions from the Sixers tonight. And uh, on the other side of the court, New Orleans was missing Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones. But that didn't slow him down because CJ McCollum, 11 threes, a career high. He finished with 42 points, and Zion Williamson had 36 points of his own. New Orleans, uh, they got something brewing there. That That's a really fun atmosphere in down in New Orleans, man. Um, the, New Orleans the, has enough talent to make the finals. It, you know, it seems crazy, but it's true. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this was a team missing a couple key pieces and still – just, you know, went toe-to-toe with the Sixers and, and looked like the better team. And this is a Sixers team that's been playing well for the month of December. They've got Tyrese Maxey back tonight, which we will talk about in a little bit. So basically a full-strength Sixers team, um, aside from the Maxey being eased into it thing. But, yeah, Pelicans, they look really good. I mean, I don't I don't know what you do with Zion. He's He's harnessing his his strength as as well as he possibly can he's starting to get some of those superstar calls as well which <laughs> asked pj tucker about a few of those. <laughs> yeah i it was it was funny because um at the end of the game pj had the the tech and he obviously hacked it was an obvious foul but i think it was just kind of like a building frustration because there had been a couple like ticky tack things throughout the course of the game where Zion like stumbled and like falls into PJ and PJ gets the foul call. Um, and a few were, they were just bodying each other up and then PJ more or less had his hand straight up and we, we get the foul. Uh, the so one, I think, yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it. The one where PJ threw his tantrum was more a buildup. He did foul him on that play, but it was yeah. the cumulative of like, come on, you got to give me one because you've called so many ridiculous ones. Yeah. Is this is this how opposing fans feel about Joel? <laughs> Probably. I, I was really starting to like get 
get my haterade out of the fridge and I was swinging it watching these Zion foul calls get yeah get whistled. a friend of mine said uh <laughs> there was nothing more boring than watching the Joel and B free throw parade on Christmas Day as yeah, a Knicks fan and I was I'm like, sure I was like you know he's such a fun player he's a unicorn he plays offense like Kevin Durant most of the time it's um but obviously he didn't want to hear any of that <laughs> yeah of course um but yeah, Zion, excellent night for him. Uh, definitely a, a a worthy All Star, and and we'll see how how high his star continues to rise as as the season progresses. But yeah, he's CJ McCollum, pride six, of Lehigh. He's listed at six six two eighty four, which is so <laughs> pre- preposterous. And you could see him just like blazing by Tucker, who who played him pretty well in some possessions. There was nothing you could do. And you mentioned CJ, nothing you could do on some of those plays. Like Melton was in front of him, behind him, touching the ball and just buckets. Yeah, they, the Sixers got themselves in trouble. They, they had a lot of self-inflicted wounds with the turnovers, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. And there was a stretch where they were just making bad passes and the Pels were just lightning quick running the floor and it seemed to lead to like a CJ three or somebody else hitting getting wide open shot or a, like an alley-oop to attempt to Zion. Um, so the Sixers weren't doing themselves any favors, but at the end of the day, you just got to tip your cap to CJ who was just on fire. Um, there were a, a few open looks, but there were a few that weren't too. And he was just hitting everything. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think, the Sixers deserve to win this one, but even if they had played a little bit better as well as the CJ Zion combo was doing, it would have been a tough, tough win to get anyway. But um, what, let's talk about what they could have done better. And we'll start on the bench with Doc Rivers. What is he doing with the rotations? There was one rotation where it was... Uh, Tyrese Maxey back in his, his first game in over a month and he was basically like hey you lead the offense man we're, yeah. we're, we're sitting James we're sitting Joel Tobias is also on the bench it, <laughs> I don't know I, you, I, how are we not past this how do we not stagger the, stagger a little bit more at this stage it's like it's like year four of this discussion <laughs> yeah doc um I imagine Doc had to compose himself before talking to the media tonight because this is one of those games where someone's going to ask him a question that sets him off. And he probably knows he doesn't have many more of those arrogant blow-ups left. I think it's those that would really put him on the firing line if he were to get a hot seat. And he has done a pretty good job of avoiding those, like reaming out a reporter who's actually right, who who asks a question that's factually true and you know doc denies it angrily um not stag like you remember Ty- tyron lu last year was like we're in trouble if because they can stagger harden and beat and harden torch them and bead torch them and they come out in a game like tonight we know all this the game's tied at 24 sure enough you see joel Embiid and harden sitting on the bench for a very long time they trot out Maxi in his first game back with Shake, PJ, Niang, and Trez. And I, I mean, I literally looked down and they were down by 11. And I, I check out Trill Bro Dude's tweet and he's like, 
this lineup didn't work. Wow. <laughs> Which is Shocker, the least yeah. surprising thing ever. Such it just seemed like such an unnecessary moment and to try that. And I just felt like it was a huge turning point of that first half because then they were down by like 13 or whatever it was. They got back into this game a few times, cutting it to six, but um then they did it again in the second half. And I'm just thinking like the Sam Cassell, does Dave Yeager, how do they feel about this? Seeing both James and Joe sitting on the bench. How do James and Joe feel about it? Watching, we clawed back, we fight, we climb. It's a six-point game, and now we sit and we're back down by 12 the next time we re-enter. That's tough. Got to be deflating. Yeah, definitely. I would imagine that would be some of the feelings they'd be having. Um, yeah, I, I just... I don't I don't know what what it would take to get get through the dock and to just configure these rotations a little bit better. Um it's not like he's giving these guys a, a, a tremendous amount of rest. That's something you talk about all the time. So how how do you both play your starters heavy minutes and also throw all bench lineups out there or four bench lineups with one of your non-superstars like it's a good way to make it <laughs> seem as if you've got the worst bench in the league when i don't think they do especially with tyrese maxi on that bench niang who's been playing well shake milton who's been playing well but when you put three of them and you put four of them together and it's maxi's first game back and then you check that box score at the end of the game minus 17 minus 18 minus 15 you're like you know, that's not on the bench so much. There's, some of these guys could have played well with the starters. Matisse Steibel, who sometimes looks horrendous out there, with Joel Embiid and James Harden last year, was one of the best lineups in the league. So there are combinations where you could buttress a few of these talents by playing them with the starters and mixing and matching your starters. Yeah, and like Niang's a guy that plays perfectly off of both Joel and James. Um, it's all with... Christmas Day. Yeah, there was nothing the Knicks could do, and and for some reason they didn't want to play Niang and Harden together that much today. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned Matisse and how he fits better when you have a bunch of ball dominant guys. Um, Shakes a guy that plays really well off ball as a a secondary creator and somebody who can also hit spot up shots and. Yeah, they have a bunch of guys who are pretty good. I don't, I don't think the bench is, I don't think it's the best bench in the league, but I don't think it's awful either. But I just think you're kind of setting them up to fail with what um, you're doing with the rotation right now. It's fair. Sorry, we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor. When we come back, we're going to talk about Tyrese Maxey, how he looked in his return, a um, few other odds and ends from the game, and then get into our New Year's resolution, as this is the last talking about pod of 2022. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, and we're back. So Tyrese Maxey made his return, missed over a month with the fractured foot. Um, they said they were going to ease him in, so he came off the bench, only played 19 minutes, uh, scored nine points, one board, one assist, four of ten from the field, one of three, three from behind the arc. Uh, was a team worst minus 18. I don't read too much into that, uh, as as we discussed in the first half of the spot. Um, what what did you think about Tyrese in his return? What did you see, uh, Dave? What, what was your overall impression of his first game back? Well, I thought he wasn't lacking for confidence coming out with chartreuse kicks in his first game back. Right <laughs> yeah, was, wasn't hiding out there. <laughs> he certainly wasn't hiding. No, just really happy for him to get back out there. Didn't care about his line at all. Don't care that he was... I mean, the biggest reason he was the game low minus 18 is because McCollum was out there torching while he was out there playing with some all bench units. Never should have happened. Um, kind of an inevitable stat line there. Uh, ease him back in, you know, made his minutes to Joel, for example, if he's only going to play 19 minutes, what's, what's the harm there. Um, but I, I liked what I saw. I thought, I think he took a shot and then he passed up a shot and I was thinking, oh, because he missed one, he doesn't want to over be overly aggressive in his first game back. But then the next time he touched it, he let, he let one rip and I was like, all right, he's starting to find himself. This kid really has a certain confidence about him drained it a big three later in the game that I think they yeah, really fourth, needed fourth quarter. Yeah. About eight minutes left. Yeah. Might've cut it to whatever, you know, single digits again or something. So all in all, just happy to see him out there. I, I do like the idea that for once they're finally showing some load maintenance with at least one guy. They know <laughs> that this is a serious issue. The, the, the youngest of guy of them all. <laughs> yeah. You, you'd think, um, <laughs> And then they give the extra minutes to like Tobias and Melton, who we assume are bionic these days when they're probably not um, hard and we know isn't, but they play him like he is. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like a whole house of cards with the amount of minutes our injury prone players are playing. And I just hope Maxi doesn't have any setbacks because the Sixers are endlessly more fun and likable when he's out there. Uh, of course. Yeah. We're all, we're all happy to have, Tyrese back on the court. Uh, it was a almost like a holiday in Philadelphia leading up to his return. Just Maxie's back day. Uh, you know, one of the more likable figures we've had in the Philadelphia sports scene in quite some time. Um, so yeah, great to see him out there. I, I think they wisely, as you said, for a change, uh, limited his his minutes. Definitely eased him in. Um, he 
was picking his spots a bit more than I think he he did a couple months ago when he was really in in fifth gear and, and in his groove. Um, but yeah, there, there were the flashes of his old self. He, as he hit the, the top of the key three in the fourth quarter, that was really big. Um, d- didn't look to be hesitating with his shot, which is good. Um, had the nice up and under baseline drive, which was like vintage maxi using his speed and finishing around the bucket. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought there were enough good signs that just say, okay, he's, he's looking like his old self. He just needs to, get back into the game speed a little bit and should be fine. So yeah, no, no concerns for me in that area. Um, good, good to see Tyrese back out there. One area where I do have concerns, PJ Tucker, mm. we, we, we talked about his, you know, his efforts against Zion. Um, I, I saw what Wob online said, uh, PJ, PJ was like a bag of, bricks or a pile of bricks that you've put on the train tracks maybe it'll derail the train probably not but let's see what happens <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. um yeah so he, although we we got to question everything he says because he did think harden would pass to maxi forever that's true Col- the coldest take ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the the uh the the now leading the league in assists james harden <laughs> the man who was leading the league in assists when you said it right by the way <laughs> yeah but uh none of these in the playmaker phase of his career or distributor phase uh yeah but with with pj i don't know it's been the discussion in in liberty baller circles for a couple of weeks now he's got the pinched nerve the dead hand whatever you want to call it just if he's not even fulfilling the role of like shutdown defender, what value is he really bringing to the team? I, I, I think he's much more of a net negative right now than what, even like the first month of the season, even when he wasn't hitting his shots and everyone's like, Oh, this is the coldest shooting spell. He, he hasn't scored a point in like six games or whatever it was. I, I still felt like he was contributing in a lot of different areas. Then I, I'm not seeing it as much now. It really feels like he's, He's not providing a lot of value for the Sixers on the court. Um, do, do you agree with that, or am I just uh, am I underselling his contributions? And hey, it's Zion; he's really good. I don't know. What do, What do you think about all that? I don't know. I don't have a clear, definitive answer for you. I agree with you 100. percent He should be being rested. Like we're talking about ways to get some of these stars to play with more bench players playing Tucker less or not at all routinely would would solve that because now you'd have to get maybe Niang out there or Matisse or Shake um, or, or even Daniel House like if he has it going over someone else and just start mixing and matching because he you know we could quibble about what he is and what he's bringing and how many points he should be scoring. But I do think there's a world where he's a very helpful playoff player. And I don't think we're going to get it at this rate because I mean, he had a knee procedure and doc rivers, our Paul Hudrick just wrote about it, reminding us that doc said, you know, we know he had the procedure. He's where he wants to be out there every night, but don't worry, we're going to do the right thing. And it just doesn't feel like they have, it feels like they've had a chance to give him a more of a maintenance program at 37 years old than they have. And I think they're getting the least out of him rather than the most by pushing this hard. Yeah. Is is he still the only guy on the team that's played every game or am I 
Am I, I believe, missing I believe you're right. Yeah. And so that... it, I know that's a matter of pride for him. And it's, it's tough. Like your own Weitzman put out that quote from James Harden of like, you know, I forget the exact quote, but it was something to the effect of he really, really wants to be out there and he hates the idea of load management. And so you get what you're up against if you, oh, it was something about how he, he really didn't like how the Nets were very conservative. You ramp up, um, you know, what he was used to is just like sprinting up the stairs in Houston and that always worked for him. And he was really sick of the way the Nets wanted to quote unquote, you know, baby him to a degree. Um, that's not a quote. I just made that up that we're, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And so you get the sense that when we're saying they should be resting these guys, the players are saying, no way, no chance. I don't want to do that. And that's tricky for an organization, but, um, probably in the team's best championship interest to do that with several of these guys. Yeah. I, you're, you're going to need PG Tucker in playoff atmospheres. We saw how valuable he was in that environment, uh, firsthand last year. Uh, on the on the opposition and if the only way to overcome this pinch nerve issue is rest then you, you need to give him rest i mean uh, even okay. even aside from the whole yeah we should do some sort of load management with the knee and he, you know he's 37 and all that which yeah you, you definitely should be doing that too so you not only are you not doing that, but you're playing someone who's clearly injured and would benefit from rest to heal an injury. Um, and, and they're playing through it because I don't know, because you feel like your team's going to fall apart in late December of a season that you really should be worried about may. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. They've got the second rated defense and they've got like the 15th rated offense or whatever it is so let's say we took him out for three weeks i know this will never happen but just hypothetically he's out for three weeks you're plugging in niang you're plugging in matisse you're plugging in some three guard lineups with maxi instead of him you're gonna lose some of that defense obviously and you're gonna improve a little bit on the offensive end because tucker's giving you literally nothing there so I mean, even in the dunker spot, you'd be much better off with Matisse, who can actually rise up and jam it, whereas Tucker's trying to float it and miss. So on the net, I think you would benefit because I don't think it would really, really hurt you the way he's playing, and I think he could really, really help you if he were rejuvenated. Yep. Yeah. So anyone with... with a live hand. I mean, what the yeah. hell? Yeah. Anyone with two fully functioning hands would be better <laughs> on the offensive end right now. When he hit uh, that three, it was like, oh, that was a miracle. With his dead hand, he hit a three on you guys. Yeah. And then he was chirping because he was so fired up after getting the tech and everything. Uh, yeah, that was funny. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know, just more Sixers being Sixers, I guess, that we've reached this point with uh, with Tucker. And yeah, it's 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 confusing and befuddling. Weitzman <laughs> Weitzman went on Gastro Blues and he talked a little bit about how Daryl is hands off on certain things. You know, like he doesn't sit down with Joel and James and talk about their dynamics once. He leaves a lot of this to Doc. And so I'm guessing Doc feels the need to play his guys and play his the new guys that he brought in, you know, the, the guys that he might have personally had to help recruit. We know he did recruit Trez, so maybe that's why he's playing Trez. Maybe Harden really wanted Tuck. Maybe Embiid wanted Tuck, and that's why 
Doc feels he's got to do it, and he's a starter, and Doc has to play his starters together. So there's some sort of a cascade effect where all the reasons Doc plays a guy are coming into play. Yeah. Um, speaking of guys Doc insists on playing, I guess this would be the uh, point where we talk about Tress Harrell once again being the backup center. Mm, uh, <laughs> weekly. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought about maybe a month ago we had moved past this being a weekly segment, but we're back. <laughs> what game was it where you and I talked about how it was great to see that they went to read? Was it a, the win over the Clippers? Yeah, it, it was like the second half. They they he switched over to Reed. Um, and so Reed yeah. was good. He only played five minutes, but they won those minutes. And we were like, "All right, so Doc gets it." Played yeah. Reed in a in a game against a really good team, and then that was like the last time he played any meaningful minutes. Yeah, um, played one minute tonight. It was the the garbage time when they emptied the bench at the last minute of the game. Um, so yeah, they did did not swapped the backup centers out in the second half when it had clearly not worked in the first half. Um, having Trez as the last line of defense, the the quote-unquote rim protection, when the Pelicans were having Zion remain on the court when Joel Embiid was out of the game, um, it, it was quite, quite literally a recipe for disaster. Uh, <laughs> like Zion would, would beat his man, whether it be Tucker or Niang or whoever happened to be guarding him on that particular possession, usually Tucker. And there's there's no second line of defense. Like Harold's not doing anything back there to guard the rim. Um so he's he's also out there with lineups that often don't include Harden. So there's not a lot of like pick and roll stuff that we we thought he would be so synergistic in those kind of lineups. So I, I don't know. I don't know what, what what he's doing out there. It clearly didn't work. And I, I think he eventually, Doc eventually went to uh, like one or two minutes of T- Tobias entered the game. So it was like the Tobias Niang Tucker front court, just like try something, which, okay, cool. I mean, I'm glad he tried something else for at least a minute or two, but why? I don't know. We saw in the first half, it wasn't working and he went back to it in the second half and that kind of, extinguished any realistic possibility of the comeback like they 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 could have treaded water a little bit better and and kept it at like a six to eight point game said it was like 10 to 12 and then that was just a little bit too heavy of a a a load for joel to have to come back from at the in the fourth quarter when he finally re-entered again and yeah i don't know it's Reed that's the weekly the, segment. I don't know. <laughs> if you pull up the Sixers plus minus on the year, I believe Reed is the lowest. He's the biggest net negative on the team. I could be wrong, but last I checked, that was the case. And so maybe someone's looking at that and saying, we're, we're just never winning the minutes he's out there. And so maybe we don't have the answer to this backup center spot on the roster. I mean, I feel better playing Reed against really good teams because I love the way he moves his feet defensively. And if you did see James Harden out there with him, I I think I would feel better about it if they could get some reps. I know when Harden makes those pocket passes, he's more likely to hit Trez. They have a little bit better chemistry on offense. You know, you see Harden pick up turnovers, trying to get the ball into Reed quite a bit. And I think that drives Doc nuts. 
Um, and I think that makes Doc then overlook that Reed is getting stops, but you shouldn't because those are worth two points. You know, there's a block, there's a guy going up for a layup and Matisse Seibel or Reed blocks him. You just save two points, but I guess it's hard for you, for any of us to see that stuff and remember that it counts sometimes just as much as a dunk on the other offensive end. Um, but that that's saving points. And so, I don't know if they're like $1.1 million away from skirting the luxury tax. And I'm sure Josh Harris has said, Hey, if you can great, try it. If you could trade a guy like Furkan Korkmaz, Jake Fisher was just saying he heard other teams think the Sixers are going to try to move Furk for like a less expensive player, maybe a three and a half million dollar player. You know who one of those guys is Andre Drummond. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Could you do something like that? Like, Cork Maz and the Charlotte Hornets second round pick for a, a Drummond reunion or something, because then you could skirt the tax and maybe also plug a center who could catch a lob from James. I don't know. That's something they'd be thinking about. Reunited and it feels so good. Um, <laughs> I I would definitely take Andre over Trez, um, but I, I think the same playoff concerns that we always had with Drummond on the roster would, would still be there. It's um, not going to work against Boston, but it might yeah. work against the Cavs or or Brooklyn the, if Claxton's. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Claxton Ben Simmons run, or maybe Milwaukee because they play a lot of Bobby Portis. Yeah, there's not a lot of good options. I'm I'm also of the opinion that the solution is probably not on the roster right now, but. Yeah. The 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 conclusion I've reached to this point is that I'm not 100% sure whether or not Paul Reed could be the answer, but I'm 100% sure that Trez Harrell is not the answer. So Yeah, so what do you think <laughs> what do you think like so Maury said that Doc recruited Trez and you you know that I wouldn't really say he's a hardened guy. They overlapped, but it wasn't like they had the deep playoff run like he did with Tuck. Um do you do you think Trez is a Doc guy? Do you think he's a Harden guy? Do you think he's a Maury guy? Maury drafted him, I believe, right? So yeah, and he got the he got the player option for year two here. So I mean, you could just trade him for you know the last pick in the draft and clean up your luxury tax issues that way too. I wonder if they'd even consider it. Just give someone Trez. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. If Maury wanted to force Paul Reed into the lineup, that's what he would do. It'd be tough because what contender would just have empty cap space that you could fill it in and uh, at any, and at this stage of his career, are, are, is anyone really thinking like Trez is providing a ton of value? So, is there someone it, like Washington who just had him or Charlotte? Who yeah, I, I guess I guess you could find someone like that because. Lamello, when, you, when you're talking about like t- the rebuilding teams, like what are, what do the Sixers really have to offer? Like a bottom five protected second round pick or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like Hornets, we'll give you your pick back. We know you want it. Take Trez, take Korkmaz, better yet, because he's on the books for five point three million next year. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't I don't really see him getting moved. I don't think that's no probably in the cards, but. Just using my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's a great option right now, unfortunately. So 
we'll see. But I think uh, we're back. We're back, and uh, we we might be back on the segment next week as well. Unfortunately. All right. Uh, so let's end on a brighter note. Um, as as I said, it's our our last time talking in 2022. Um, Sixers do have one more game in this calendar year, playing the Thunder tomorrow night, but um, we won't be talking for that one. But wanted to go over New Year's resolutions. Um, Dave, do you have anything Sixers adjacent, or it doesn't even have to be Sixers adjacent for 2023 coming up? You mean like I wish the Sixers would adopt this resolution? Sure, or or personal, whatever whatever way you want to go with it. Um, for the Sixers, I, I would say they should need to listen to our podcasts more because we've been <laughs> really, really helpful for them. We've told them to roll out the red carpets for Jimmy Butler. We warned them off of Al Horford. Uh, we've been there for you guys. And when we're telling you guys to just be a little careful with certain players' minutes, I think we're on to something with this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, listen to our pod. We, we got your back sometimes. We, we would have helped the collaborative quite a bit through those tough years. Yeah. Dar- Daryl is a Liberty Balls Ballers follower. So he liked my tweet a couple days ago. <laughs> I said that Joel Embiid is leading the league in points and anchoring the second best defense, but not in the top MVP race. And he liked it. So he might occasionally see our stuff. And Daryl, if some if you sent an intern to listen to this for Cliff's notes, just give <laughs> just give Tucker a break. Yes. That that would be a resolution. A, a worthwhile resolution. <laughs> Let yeah. PJ Tucker's nerves heal. <laughs> float float in salty, beautiful Caribbean water for two weeks. Come back fresh and for, ready for that run. Yep. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, my new year's my New Year's resolution is to stop worrying about the game to game swings with this team so much. Um, mm. It's it's just too stressful and when they were missing like three quarters of their starting lineup or 60% of their starting lineup. And I'm still like sweating these games against middling competition. And I don't know, I I just want to kind of chill out next leading into next year, let the chips fall where they may and kind of around late March, early April, then, then get my worrying hat on again, I guess. Um, you kind, it's kind of like a like a Nick Foles, Eli Manning approach. Like, oh shucks, I'm just happy to be out here. Let's see if I can whip Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, let's. I I feel like they're they're obviously not one of the better teams in the league. I, I think that's pretty clear at this point. I think th- maybe they still have the puncher's chance, as as Daryl alluded to back. Uh, when they discuss what he, he views as, as championship odds, like he wants a team that has a 5% chance or better. Um, we're at we're at that. With plus 1,800, yeah. he told your own Weitzman that we're, we are at the threshold. So we're yeah. like 5.x. Right. So I, I agree with that. I think we're just at the threshold. I think everything would have to go right. I think Joel would have to continue playing like an MVP throughout the course of the playoffs and, and stay healthy. I think James would have to you know, be the guy we've seen for eighty percent of eighty yeah. percent of the games over the last three 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 weeks or so, and we would need Tyreeks to get back to being like, oh, is he maybe an All Star? Like he's not obviously going to be an All Star this year because he got hurt and everything, but playing yeah. playing at that level and Tobias um, like yeah was and, it was terrific. He wasn't tonight. 
He wasn't right. against the Knicks, but he yeah. had been playing really well. Yeah, we need Tobias to be uh, the tell a friend tell to tell a friend I'm a sharpshooter. Yes, that's that's that's, that's what piece. we need from Tobias. Um, so yeah, if 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 all that falls right, yeah, they could absolutely win it all. But I, I feel like it's kind of like drawing an inside straight. And well, five percent is like one of twenty. That's not the craziest. Not the craziest, but you know, yeah. you're not. That's kind of like what drawing drawing to an inside straight is when you have like exactly three outs. right, yeah, yeah, exactly. you have like three or four outs, and yeah, it, it'll hit five percent of the time, but it's not likely. Um, so I don't know. In, in, unless there's a a big shakeup in February around the deadline, I, my opinion is probably not going to change, and and I don't think they have the the assets or the the workable contracts to really you know, change any of that, but yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I, I don't, I don't really see my, my outlook on this team changing too much. So why, why worry, like, why worry about tonight? Like, yeah, the Pelicans are a good team. Sixers could have played a lot better, but they, they might just, it might just, just not be it. So maybe, maybe I'm just, uh, my resolution is to not sink my, my heart and soul into this team <laughs> and, and their, and their chances. And just yeah. try to like emotionally remove myself like one step from the situation. Five five thirty eight has them finishing with forty nine wins as a four seed, hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know how you feel about that, but that'd be a fun series to watch. Yeah. Uh, I don't and feel good they... about it as from a uh, path to a championship perspective, but right, they'd be hosting <laughs> in this instance. They're hosting the Cavs, and they're at Boston, which would be brutal, especially. Yeah. Seeing how the Sixers react to chasing CJ McCollum around screens and then fouling him every time because he's hot now, and then yeah. facing a team like Boston who's got like two guys who can do that. Tough, tough road that would be. Um, but we'll see. A lot, a lot of possibilities ahead of us as we head into 2023. Dave, thanks so much for joining me for this uh, post game edition. Uh, covering the Sixers 127-116 loss to the Pels. Where can we find you online? At David Early on Twitter, all my writing for Liberty Ballers. All right, and I am also at Liberty Ballers, at Philly Fast Break on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We really appreciate all your uh, support and your uh, your following our work over the past calendar year. Hope, hope to continue putting good stuff in front of you for 2023. And uh, take care. Enjoy your holiday. We'll talk to you soon. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. 
It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.